And now, on This Week in History with Paul Waite. On This Week in History, and it is Paul Waite. And Paul Waite is wearing one of Callum's favourite shirts, not. Mm-hmm. Um, if Callum had his way, I would wear black everything. Um, and probably probably have a mask over my face. Uh, but instead, I'm wearing a debut of a wonderful shirt I got from America, which is... How would you describe it, Drew? Colombian drug lord blue. <laughs> well, of course, so those of you who are watching this... On YouTube, yeah, there you see. Yeah. Look at my brand new shirt, brand on today. I say Persian think? prince. <laughs> oh, so Persian prince or Colombian drug lord? Put or in a, the comments. Or, or am I a Persian carpet? Mm. Yeah, sweep that one under the carpet. Mm. Oh, Your moustache is like you know. That shirt little... looks like my last Saturday night. <laughs> Thank you, mate. <laughs> anyway, we better crack on. Um, AD sixty-four, the great fire of Rome began under oh. the emperor Nero. So, of course, in folklore. Um, it says basically Nero fiddled as Rome burned. Mm. Um, generally, um, sort of put around probably by Nero detractors that he himself caused the fire. Mm. Um, in some respects, it did a lot of good because it it was uh, took place in the poorer <coughs> parts of Rome, and I think sort of uh, very much like the Great Fire of London did, sort of um, killed disease, killed disease, rats and nasty mm. things and all that. Bacteria. Of course, the poor old Nero ended up. Um, I think committing suicide because the Senate basically basically said either you kill yourself or we're killing you. Yep. And he yep. was going to be killed mm. by whipping. Oh, uh, God, a, that'd be a way to go, wouldn't it? Anyway. So he slit his own throat, didn't he? This is a place... Mm. He got his uh, servants to do it for him. Mm. Um, in AD 180, and Callum and I have been to Carthage. We have. Um, I remember playing table tennis with Callum on the, on the deck oh, of this boat. Matt, I, used to, was, I loved playing table tennis with you when we were on that holiday. <laughs> I remember at the start, you would kick my ass, and by mm. the end, it was actually like having pretty good games. Mm. And rowing in, uh, just in 90 degrees was like yeah. something else, wasn't it? So cool. Anyway, six inhabitants of Carthage were executed for being Christians. This is the earliest record of Christianity in Africa. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. 1536, the Pope's authority declared void in England by Henry VIII. Um, something quite upsets me, actually. So Walter Raleigh is somebody who's a bit of a hero of mine. Um, great Englishman, and he was arrested by forces of James I. I've never really understood why James I had it in for Walter Raleigh. Infamy. Uh, Infamy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Walter Raleigh, you know, was a great adventurer, mm. um, one of the great Elizabethans, and, of course, ultimately, um, he was executed, I think, about 20 years later. Maybe it was almost like jealousy or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, mean, I am going to... By the time we do On This Week in History next week, I am going to tell you a bit more. Um, this is an interesting one, I thought. 1743, uh, the first half-page newspaper advert ever was published Wow! in the Nor- New York Weekly Journal. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. So that's amazing. 1743. 1762, Catherine II, who obviously was Catherine the Great, mm-hmm. um, became the Tsarina of Russia following the murder of Peter III. So I think actually, well, so obviously uh, Nicholas II was assassinated by firing squad, which we'll come on to later, I think. Um, and I think one other Tsar was also um, assassinated. Mm. So Peter III was the other Tsar that was murdered. Um, Catherine II is also, um, I think I'm right in saying, also um, very interesting because she wasn't Russian. Mm. I think I think she was actually an Austrian, if I remember rightly. Oh, really? Um, and um, went on to become one of the great characters of history. Mm. You'd have to say certainly European history. Um, 1872. Now, this is quite interesting, this, to think of this. So until 1872, um, elections weren't held in secret. Mm. So basically, if you voted, everyone knew you know, you were voting for the Conservatives or whatever. 
1872, the Ballot Act introduced the secret ballot. Yeah. Mm, nice. 1892, the first human test of a vaccine against cholera. Oh, nice. A Ukrainian bacteriologist called Valdemar Hafking, Hafkheim. Uh, and uh, interestingly, he risked his own life because he tested it on himself. But he was fine, was he? But he was fine. He believed in it, so he did it. He believed in it, so he... he sorry, I'm moving around there. He believed in it, so he did it. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> the sort of thing you'd expect Drew to say, really, isn't it? You know. um, You've got to believe in it to do it. <laughs> final final um, point uh, before we um, get on to the next track, which is uh, uh, Tune Yards. Um, is uh, something that I know a lot about. So um, maybe my greatest hero of all time, other than Winston Churchill, is Mahatma Gandhi. Um, and um, in 1914, he left South Africa after successfully leading campaigns of passive resistance. Hmm. So if you really want to... The, the film, Gandhi, starring Ben Kingsley, um, maybe the most interesting part of the film, I think, is him in South Africa. Starts off him dressed in his lawyer's suit... You know, because he just came back from London where he successfully practiced as a barrister. He sat in first class in South Africa. They basically, what are you doing in here, boy? Mm. You know, get out for a class. Well, I'm a bloody lawyer and I've got a first class seat. No, you aren't. And he basically kicked him out. And um, his bravery, what he did, he basically collected the um, uh, the coloreds, I suppose, as the South Africans would call them, uh, the Asians, and basically um, encouraged them to not to accept you know, uh, what was tyranny, really. Mm, mm. Um, and there's one particular scene where uh, the British Army cavalry rides at, uh, I think it's about 500 protesters with, with Gandhi at the front, and, and one of them just says, lie down, the horses won't trample on you. And they didn't. Yeah, yeah. So they all lay down, the horses basically all it's reared mad, up because they wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't actually... Um, so... Check out the film. Um, mm. I, I wish I could. Remember. I think it's just called Gandhi. It's called Gandhi, yeah. Yeah, it's just called Gandhi. It's. Um, I've seen this film, uh, unsurprisingly, <laughs> about twenty times. Wow. Um, I've seen it with you once. Yeah. It's um, just a brilliant, brilliant film. So um, have a little bit of break now. Two yards, and the catch you with second part of on this week's history in a minute. On this week in history. Welcome back to the second part of on this week in history. I had the floodlights all over me. I, you'd the think we we were in Wembley Stadium mm. with 83,000 people not practising social distancing. None of them were face masks on. But because it's football, yeah. you're allowed to do that. Yeah, for some reason. What's that all about? I don't know. Yeah, mm. yeah you can't walk but in. You know, might get mm. shouted at by some lady in Marks and Spencers. Though. Yeah, like I do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> 1917. I think we discussed this in previous shows. <laughs> So in 1917, there was a royal, 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 royal a proclamation royal, royal. by George V, changing the name of the royal family from Saxe-Goburg-Gotha to Windsor. Mm-hmm. What do you think that was, Drew? I have, I have. So if you don't know this, I have told you before. So you, you get an extra smack on the bottom because uh, because it would have looked um, not so good to have a German uh, second name because uh, didn't like the Germans because of the war. Because, because of the war, yeah, of course, yeah. So um, this, is, this is 1917. Mm. And actually, um, just linking the two, so we do it in a minute, um, George V was obviously first cousin of Kaiser Wilhelm mm-hmm. and also Tsar Nicholas Tsar II. Nicholas. They're all related to all over uh, the world. George V's policy at this time, about 1917, was largely driven by fear. Mm. So the royal family mm. was very fearful um, that they would join, they would, they would be usurped. Mm. Just like uh, uh, Tsar and Nicholas. That, and that Britain would become a republic. 
And obviously, you know, we were we were third year into the bloodiest war in history. Uh, hundreds of thousands of Britons had died, uh, and the, basically the king thought sat there thinking, being called Sax Cobra Goat is not a very good idea. Mm. Um, of course, um, Callum, I think Callum knows this. So um, Earl Mountbatten, for instance, his he, he was still called Battenberg, mm, mm. Uh, which, which apart bring a very fine cake. was obviously was a was a was a, a royal name and, and whatever. Do you want to ask you a question, sir? Do you know why he, they chose Windsor? No. Oh, right. I just wanted to think of the castle. Oh, right. So mm. the castle was named that first. Yeah. So they just right. Okay. Mm. That's why then. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure of that. Um, so 1918, one of the most disgraceful moments in history, um, and, 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 and actually if you read the full story, it's even worse. Um, so the whole, the whole royal family of the Romanovs was executed by the Bolsheviks mm-hmm. in a cellar in Ekaterinburg, which is in Siberia. Wow. Uh, all the girls were raped before they were executed. Um, and um, I just, I just sit there thinking it's just so unnecessary. I mean, mm. you know, mm. if the Bolsheviks felt so insecure, they had to execute the Tsar. That's one thing. But mm. why they, you know, Choose why to they had to be way, quite yeah. so? I mean, I just think just nasty. Well, I don't understand. You know, there's ideology. So you know, I don't know. So maybe I, I don't agree with communism, for instance. You know, yeah. Um, but I wouldn't want to go around killing all the communists. No, you know what no, I mean? no, and no. you certainly wouldn't rape their daughters. Well, you know, mm. it's, it's just um, very <laughs> uncivilized. Not. And uh, just linking, yes, yeah, so I happen to know this. So linking uh, right up until the last minute, um, Tsar Nicholas uh, applied to come to Britain for a s- asylum to mm. escape. And, uh, of course, um, George V said, yes, of course you can, cousin. Mm. And then he was so scared um, of public sentiment that he basically, at the last minute, said, no, you can't come. So he saved I, his I, life. I actually think that's pretty bad on George V's part. So actually, you could argue that George V effectively signs his death warrant. That would be, like my, warrant, that would be yeah. like my cousin Emma or Jason mm. asking me to protect them. I mean, going, yeah, and then at the last minute, just to, just to save my own skin. Or not, you know, not even, you know, they might have not, nothing might have happened. Mm. I just think that's bad, bad call. Yeah, it is. It's very bad. Uh, 1923, the House of Lords accepts the new divorce law. So, um, even so, right up until that moment, it was actually very hard to get divorced. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we mm-hmm. started to get some some progressive stuff. Um, I think this is the lot. Just sort of trying to make um, my three bits of on this week in history sort of go into um, equal chunks. So, the last thing we're going to talk about, which is quite interesting is in 1925, Adolf Hitler publishes Mein Kampf. Now, one of the things that's quite interesting, uh, the original working title of Mein Kampf was something ridiculous, like uh, My Life Struggle Against Injustice and the Pain That Suffers in the World, or something like that. That's actually <laughs> what the book was called. Shorten it down a bit, mate, yeah. No, it was, seriously. Yeah, yeah. That's actually what he was going to call it. And then when someone said, hang on a minute, Alf, it's uh, not a very just, catchy which, name. Mein Kampf know? just means my, my struggle, doesn't it? Something like that. My struggle, uh, yeah. And um, he wrote he wrote most of this in prison, mm. um, and uh, and of course um, I don't know how many. It'd be interesting to see, but I don't know whether you could have a look it up for me, Drew. Mm. Uh, how many copies of Mein Kampf were sold? Certainly, I know it's I know it's um, against the law in Germany to own a copy. If you buy Mein Kampf, it's a it's a it's a criminal offence in Germany. I don't know if it is anywhere else. Probably Austria as well. It makes sense, wouldn't it? Well, I, I see. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think. 
I don't, I don't agree that you're right. I mean, mm. I don't necessarily agree that you shouldn't be allowed to write, read something just because you don't agree with it. You know I, mean? I guess there's two ways of looking at it. You could look at it as um, you could learn from it as like an important history thing and see what led to the war and learn from it. But I suppose the fear is, is it would cause some sort of like Nazi sentiment or that far right groups would, uh, you know, would, would treat it almost as like treasure or something, you know, glorify it. 85,000. Is that all? In the UK. Oh. In, the, in, the, in the UK? <laughs> oh, okay. I wonder, like... Well, I was thinking more about the worldwide, but... I must um, have been in the library, just seeing oh, my account. no, that was in, uh, in one year, uh, in 2017. What? Wow! Yeah. 85,000 yeah. people yeah. Minecraft. Anyway, so when we come back with the final part what? of On This Week in History, <laughs> Drew will actually tell us how many copies of Minecraft have been sold. But I reckon we're talking millions, uh, oh. I, would, I would guess. So next, uh, the wonderful Walker Brothers and another tier four. Bringing you the news of old on This Week in History with Paul Waite. Welcome back to On This Week in History. It's the third part, final part of On This Week in History this week. Um, and um, Drew has now t- told us that up to 1939, 5.9 mm. million copies were sold. Mm. Uh, another About another 5 million over the war. Mm. Um, and then a few million um, over the 50s, etc., yeah. Uh, the last few years, selling about fifteen thousand a year. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty scary. So you know, probably, probably something like fifteen million copies, maybe mm. something that sort of that sort of number. So, um, got a few things on here. I'm interested, fortunately, because we've got uh, quite a long time to talk for that, that many facts. So, um, in 1942, very shameful event, Vichy France. We've talked a lot about Vichy France on all this week in history. So uh, in 1942, Transport 6 departs uh, Vichy, France, uh, with French Jews to the German concentration camps. So this is the point. So Marshal Patan, etc., it's all very well, um, maybe him doing a Chamberlain and saying, I've got to protect my people. But he then uh, acquiesced in the murder Sends uh, them off of to all die. the Jews. Yeah. So, um, Which were still French you know, people. They just so, happened to be know, Jews. I think, you know, you, I think that puts the... The, the blowing up of the French I, I think, Navy right? into context. No, no, no disrespect to any like French listeners, but the 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 actions from the French government during the Second World War was absolutely disgusting. Really, yes. they actually had a bigger army at the beginning of the yeah. Second World War than Germany did as well. well they did, yeah, that's right. So they the fact they surrendered so quickly. Was... Mm. Anyway, 1951. One of the heroes of my father. So I've known about this man uh, all my life, actually. Jersey Joe Walcott, mm. uh, one of the great boxers of all time. Um, he became the oldest person to win the world heavyweight title in history at, at that time. At 37, he was. Okay. Of course, George Foreman uh, became oh, yeah. world champion when he was 46. When he came out of retirement, he ended up fighting so, people like Vander Holyfield and stuff. Something ridiculous. Which is mad yeah. when he fought, also fought people like Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali. You know, different era. Well, I think um, I think the thing, you know, you know, I, I will go to my grave thinking the Foreman-Ali fight was a, was a fix. Mm. Uh, you know, clearly. I mean, Foreman... In my opinion, Foreman is the person I would least want to fight in history, and I think he, on balance, he. If I if you said to me, who is the greatest boxer, heavyweight boxer of all time, I would probably actually go uh, George Foreman, then Lennox Lewis. Funnily enough, in that order, I'd probably go Lennox Lewis first. Hmm. Um, but I mean, what what is the mark of how good Foreman was hmm. when you consider that when he was a young man, you know, he was just like. 
Oh, yeah. Was like a big Mike Tyson. He was know? like Olympic gold medalist yeah. as well, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, like you imagine, you know, how, how good Mike Tyson was, but you imagine mm. like being like Mike Tyson, being as brutal like being as like him, six inches taller. But being much taller and bigger. Six inches taller, uh, five inches taller. And the fact that, you know, he, as a as a slow old man with no hair, he was able to beat the best And a bit of a belly on him, yeah. Yeah. The best people, you know, really shows yeah, I think uh, he, you know he only got beaten by Evander Holyfield, who himself is probably you know in the top ten greatest heavyweights of all time. Maybe. So, uh, 1955, the first electric power was generated from atomic energy, uh, sold commercially. Uh, next, um, funnily enough, we were talking about this earlier, Callum. So, 1971, Eddie Merckx wins his third straight Tour de France. No. Now, what was amazing about this, and this probably won't mean a lot to you, um, so those of you who love cycling like I do will know the Tour de France. Um, is divided up into various classifications. Mm -hmm. So you have uh, the main prize, which is obviously yellow jersey, mm -hmm. uh, which is based on total time spent over all the stages. Um, and usually the, the, the winner doesn't win by very much, maybe a minute or so. Um, and then you have what's called the green jersey, which is points. So every day you can win points for winning sprints and mm -hmm. things, and you get little sub-sprints during the day and all this. Uh, and then there's uh, the Young Riders jersey. I can't remember what the white jersey's for. There's a white jersey. And then there's the King of the Mountains, which is the Polka Red, Polka Dot jersey. All right. So you get so many points for, for stages. Uh, and so um, if you take... Oh, so so something I'm very proud of. You won't know this. Mark Cavendish has won two stages in this year's tour. Oh, is it? At the age of 36, whatever he is. And he's now... Only one stage win away from winning the most stages of any person in history. Wow. Mark wow. Cavendish has now won 33 stages of the Tour de France. Not bad for a um, Manx guy. No, what is, what is, what's even more amazing is he didn't have a ride. So up until a week before this year's tour, he didn't have a team, wow. didn't have a ride. And then um, what the, maybe he's considered the world's greatest sprinter got injured. And this team basically said... They took a leap of faith, and they mm. basically said, "This old bloke Cavendish, he used to be the best. We'll go and sign him up." Mm. And look what happens! And they've and he's repaid with two, oh, wow. two wins. But what was amazing about Eddie Merckx was um, not only was Eddie Merckx almost, I think, beyond all doubt, the greatest cyclist of all time, mm. and under any way of judging that, um, he also not only did he win the Tour de France, he won the green jersey. Wow! <laughs> he won the King of the Mountain. He won. He won. He, he won the most points. He mm. won. You know what I mean? It was just unbeatable. Wow, fair play. Um, yeah, absolutely great. And I and, and I, it's funny actually. I I, I wasn't going to watch the Tour de France this year, but um, I've started watching it. And there's a wonderful new rider called Pogacar, um, who is maybe the best rider since Merckx. Really? Uh, watched him riding on Saturday, and he just destroyed. It was just amazing fitness. Um, and so for the first time for years, Pogacar was five minutes ahead of the second person, which has not been... So, like, when Geraint Thomas won, he was literally, like, ten seconds ahead and this sort of thing. Yeah, know? yeah. So um, we've un un unearthed a another great uh, mm. at the moment. Uh, 1977, Vietnam becomes a member of the United Nations. Um, this is scary, and I think, you know, it's interesting when this, Callum. 1988, Flojo... Um, sets a 100-meter world record for ladies, 10.49 seconds. And to put that in perspective, um, probably someone like Cathy Cook, who you would know, probably my idea of the greatest female Britain of all time, she used to run 11 seconds, mm -hmm. you know, um, non-druggy, so she, you know, she was totally legit. So, you know, to, to put this into context, Cathy Cook would have been, what, one, four and a half meters behind Flojo. Mm. Yeah, if it were yeah. the maths. Wow. You know, 
Now, what, what obviously, Flojo ended up dying prematurely because of uh, drug abuse and everything, what it did to her body. But the thing I was thinking about this the other day, actually, it doesn't stop the fact her body had to run that fast. Do, do you see what I yeah. mean? Yeah. I mean, the fact she was helped mm. unnaturally mm-hmm. didn't get away from the fact that she still ran. Does that make sense? Yeah, I sort of understand. I, so I have a certain degree of respect for that, you know. Um, 1992, Slovakia declares independence from Czech, Czech Republic, Czechoslovakia. Um, although it's interesting now when you watch programs and they ask like the Czechs and the Slovaks, you know, who's your next favourite people? They, the Slovaks and the Czechs are, or the Czechs say oh, really? the Slovaks are, which makes me laugh. Um, 2012, Kim Jong Un is appointed supreme leader of North Korea. So all you North Korean listeners out there, ha ha, like none. Um, yeah. I can say what I like about him. So he's a complete nut bar. Yep. Uh, and finally today, gone way over my time, 2018 Cliff Richard wins his privacy case against the BBC. Absolutely shocking injustice and what the media at its worst. I can actually remember sitting on my in my chair watching the BBC with a helicopter outside. And of course, it was all portrayed like he was some child molester mm. and everything. Weird. So there we are. That was on This Week in History. And this is the... Who is it? Who is it, Drew? It's Aerosmith. Sorry. <laughs> Available now on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and at AspenWaitRadio.com.